This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, Blue Wire listeners. I am so excited. Football is back. We are already entering week four. I can't believe it. And although we may not be able to be together at the game, which is a total bummer, we can still get in on the action together at home. Put your football knowledge to the test with the Contour Pick'em game from our friends at Cox. Place your picks, climb the leaderboard, and come back each week for your shot at the grand prize. All you have to do to play is say Raiders into your Contour remote or visit them at cox.com backslash pickup. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue wire. In the shotgun, Carr's going to throw, pumps, looks end zone, throws for the end zone, wide open! James Young! I only play the slots because you know what they say, scared money, don't make money, and I got scared money. Rodgers to the end zone, caught for the touchdown, James Jones. John Gruden has not coached since 2008, so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level? You know, and it's just Cali swag. What's good, Raider Nation? You are listening to Keeping It 300, brought to you by Blue Wire and our good friends at Bet Online, Cox, DoorDash, and Pepsi. I'm Fallon Smith. My guy, James Jones, will join me in just a second. We are recording this on Wednesday, September 30th. I had to give myself a few days to digest what I saw on Sunday from the Raiders. It wasn't pretty, y'all, as you know. As the Raiders lost to the Patriots 36-20 to and dropped to 2-1 and on the season. Now, no need to panic. The Raiders are 2-1, y'all, so it's all good, okay? Still in prime position to do some good things this season. Now, let's start with some news and notes, though. So the Raiders, they may be in some hot water for breaking COVID-19 protocol again. Yeah. Well, this time, not because of John Gruden. As you saw, he did a great job keeping on his mask all game long on Sunday. Okay, I think he learned his lesson after being fined $100,000. And as a team, they were fined $250,000 as well. So I'm sure Mark Davis is like, look, I don't want to lose any more money. All of you coaches, wear your darn masks on the sideline. Okay? 
But apparently, the NFL is investigating the Raiders after allowing unauthorized locker room access to a team employee after last week's, not this week's, last week's Monday Night Football win over the Saints. So this season, only 40 employees in each organization are allowed to be in the locker room. And this one employee wasn't authorized to be in the locker room. And now they're trying to determine whether discipline is warranted. So we'll see if they're going to be fined again. And there's more. Raiders players were seen not wearing masks at Darren Waller's charity event in Henderson, Nevada. (laughs) This not only breaks NFL protocol, but also Nevada rules for COVID-19. So the city of Henderson fined the country club that the event was held at $2,000 for violating COVID-19 protocol, including people not wearing masks and also having over 50 people at the event. So they had more than 50 people at the event which breaks Nevada rules for COVID-19 protocol and regulations, etc. So rules from the NFL and NFLPA, they limit what players are allowed to do away from team facilities, right, to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. So I'm sure they weren't happy to see this take place. Players are banned from attending any event that violates local and state restrictions, which this clearly did. Now, players like Derek Carr... Nathan Peterman, Jason Witten, Foster Moreau, Derek Carrier, Zay Jones, Nevin Lawson. You know, those were some of the guys, along, of course, with Darren Waller, who hosted the event. Those were some of the guys that were in attendance, right? Mark Davis, not too happy about it, and said he was going to look into this internally. I find it hard to believe that Mark Davis didn't know this event was going to take place. I'm sure he knew. Maybe he didn't know. Let me give him more credit. Regardless... Las Vegas, they're going to investigate themselves, do an internal investigation. But I'm assuming that the NFL is also looking at this hard and saying, "Okay, what are we going to do now? What type of discipline do we need to hand down? I'm hoping it's just fines. I really am. But guys, the Titans and Pittsburgh game has been postponed due to guys contracting the coronavirus. So the NFL wants to make sure these players are taking every precaution possible to not spread the coronavirus. So why in the heck are you at an an event with over 50 people and not wearing masks? You know what I mean? (sighs) Just follow the rules, okay? We want to watch football. Just follow the rules. Now, despite all of that, kudos to Darren Waller and Waller's Foundation for putting on this amazing event (laughs) because this event raises money to help young people overcome drug and alcohol addiction. So... It's a great cause, you you know. Obviously, he wanted to put it on for a great reason, but he could have maybe done a virtual event. I know you probably wouldn't get the same turnout as far as money goes and money raised, but who knows? But anyways, moving on. Let's get to some injury news now. The hits just keep on coming for the Raiders. Now, entering this game, they were already missing Richie Incognito, Trent Brown, Henry Ruggs, Nick Kwiatkowski, Okay, Gruden said Brown and Kwiatkowski are, quote, getting close, and he's hoping that they're back on Sunday. We shall see. But things do not look good for some other guys. During the game, rookie receiver Brian Edwards, I'm so high on this guy, I'm so sad that he's injured. But he got injured after making a huge catch. He injured his ankle when he was tackled. He went down awkwardly. We all saw it. Um, And now he's out this week. So is corner Damon Arnett, who will miss up to six weeks with a thumb injury. So through three weeks, 
These are the Raiders who are injured. This is the list. Tyrell Williams, out for the season as we know. Labrum. Marcus Mariota, pectoral. He can come back this week. Tanner Muse, foot. I think he can come back as well. Trent Brown, calf. Sam Young, groin. Nick Kwiatkowski, pectoral. Richie Incognito, Achilles. Henry Ruggs, knee, hamstring. Brian Edwards, ankle. Damon Arnett, thumb. Ugh. We'll get to more on the injuries in just a minute, but it is now time to bring in my good friend, Super Bowl champion wide receiver, current NFL Network analyst, James DeAndre Jones. What's up, JJ? What's crack a lack and what's going down? Oh, nothing. Oh, you're in a different room this time. Yeah. No longer in your closet. So I guess it's not going to sound as good as it did last week. It actually doesn't uh, sound too bad, though. It doesn't yeah, sound too bad. Man, don't, don't start disrespecting my sound <laughs> before the show even gets started. Man. <laughs> Where's your Raiders helmet? I know, I see you have a Green Bay helmet behind you. Where's your Raiders helmet, JJ? You know, hey, Raiders cut me after one year, man. It's hard to show them some love up in the house. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, man. It's, it's in here somewhere, man. It's in the uh, playroom. You know how um, all I actually this is just random now that I am thinking about this. You know how all former Raiders players get their name on a little brick at Allegiant Stadium. Even my friend who was like a practice squad player, he got one in the mail because they say, you know, Raider Nation for life. Once a Raider, always a Raider. There we go. Have you received one in the mail yet? And you know this. Oh, you have. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, I received I received my little letter from my brick going up in the stadium. You better believe I'm going there telling everybody I was the best Raider to ever do it, man. You see my <laughs> name up there. <laughs> okay, that was random. I was just thinking about that because I saw the Green Bay helmet. But, yeah, but they showed you love. You ain't showing them any love. Man, the Raiders helmets is all over here. I got Raiders paintings and all that now, uh, man. Raiders, Raiders love is in here, man. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm just calling you out, even though people can't even see you. But, anyways, before you came on, I went over all of the injuries. For the silver and black. And good Lord, the hits just keep on coming, okay? Um, Along with the injuries entering the game last Sunday, it looks like the Raiders are going to be without rookie wide receiver Brian Edwards and also their rookie corner, Damon Arnett. So, Edwards is week-to-week with an ankle injury. Arnett, he may miss, actually, up to six weeks with a thumb injury, I believe. And it looks like, though, the Raiders are going to be without Henry Ruggs again this weekend, um, who is nursing a knee and hamstring injury. The good news doesn't appear that any of these injuries are season-ending injuries. But, man, right now, J.J., you have three rookie starters who are out. Two of them are your first-round picks. So I'm not sure how to chalk this one up. It's one of those things where I'm like, man, the Raiders just can't have nice things. (laughs) Or it's kind of like... One, this is all part of the game, right? Injuries are all part of the game. But how much does the shortened offseason play into these injuries? Because it seems like league-wide, people are just dropping like flies. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's hard to just just put a finger on it and say, oh, man, it wasn't no offseason and all that. Because at the end of the day, they still had a normal offseason. You know what I mean? The only thing that changed was no preseason games. And we've been and we've been asking for the preseason games to get out for years. So <laughs> <laughs> what about OTAs, mini camp, all those things? Yeah, but what I'm saying, it just all got pushed back. You know what I mean? So they still had the same amount of time to prepare and get ready for the season. You know what I mean? That's why they took the preseason out and everything, give you some extra weeks of practice and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, I always tell people all the time, man, when you talk about you know, blowing ACLs and, 
you know, ankle sprains and all that. I mean, that stuff happens. There, There is no preventing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if a guy, if you plant the wrong way or a guy rolls up on your ankle, it don't matter if you eat bananas and yogurt and take protein <laughs> shakes and all that. You train your hardest in the offseason that, hey, on that plate, you just got hurt. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, that's the name of it. But for me, I feel like guys that have like the – the muscle injuries and, you know, pulled calf, pulled hamstrings and all those things right there. Sometimes I think like, okay, man, dang, they didn't get no like real life football games and all that. You know what I mean? This is the first time they really play a football and practice is different than games. You know what I'm saying? You go out there, you go a lot harder in the dang games than you do practice. And sometimes you could, you could overwork it and pull your muscles because you ain't had no work in there. So, you know, it could be a little effect of that, but I don't, I don't really think so, man. These guys had a whole off season. I think it's just part of the game injuries are part of the game man but the good thing about the Raiders is they have some good depth on the team you know what I mean I've been begging for Nelson Aguilar to get more opportunities I know you have I was actually gonna mention so so with Brian Edwards being out that opens the door for Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar you know what I mean so on the receiver end of it they're not short of talent on the receiver end you know what I mean? You still got that old line. You still got Josh Jacobs. So, you know, I'm not really worried about that too much. Would you love to have those guys on the field? Absolutely. Henry Ruggs blowing the top off the defense and all that, opening up other stuff. Absolutely. But they're not short of talent at the wide receiver position. So I think they'll be fine. Yeah, well, they also have injuries to the offensive line, which is another concern. He's They're hoping that, you know, Trent Brown comes back. Um, I don't know what's the deal with Richie Incognito, Sam Young. You know, uh, he's out as well. So, Let's see. We saw that the offensive line had some struggles on Sunday. And when it comes to the receiving core, though, I know you said that you're not concerned because of depth. But, J.J., Henry Ruggs. No, let's start with Tyrell Williams entering the season, right? Now, he's done for the year. So you had Tyrell Williams supposed to be, I guess, if you want to go in order, was supposed to be your number one receiver, right? But Tyrell Williams and Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, those are supposed to be three of your top guys. And they're out. <laughs> so that is a concern of mine, even though, yes, they do have depth and you might be able to interchange each of them and not miss a step. But I'm still a little concerned right now. It's still early. It's not season ending. So I'm just going to wait and sit back and see what happens this weekend. But I'm not going to lie. Today, when I woke up and I saw that Brian Edwards is going to be out this weekend, I'm like, bro, what is going on? I hope this isn't going to be like a long term lingering injury because we want to see what these rookies are made out of, you know, and especially Damon Arnett, who's out, out for six weeks. He's your first-round draft pick. So is Henry Henry Ruggs, two first-rounders. And for the defensive side of the ball, that's what we cannot afford to lose, any players on the defensive side of the ball, because that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a part of the team that they have to mesh, they have to gel, they got to get things going on that side of the ball, man, to be able to stop some people. So mm-hmm. it's part of the game. Everybody's going through it. You know what I mean? Injuries are, injuries are part of the game, man. You see the Saints without Michael Thomas. You see the Packers without Devontae Adams. It's happening across the board, man. You just got to go out there. Yeah. Whoever, whatever 53 suits up, you go do your job, and you play at a high level, and you ball out. Zero <laughs> excuses True. for Raider Nation. Zero I excuses. Know. They're not the only team dealing with injuries. It's part of it. You still got good players taking the field. Go ball. <laughs> Everybody in the AFC West, except for the Chiefs, are dealing with major injuries. That's the sad part. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. But anyways, okay, let's get to the game. And I will admit, JJ, you were right. You were right. You didn't think that the Raiders are going to beat the Patriots, and they didn't. They lost actually pretty handedly 
36 yeah. to 20. Uh, now, it's just one game, so I'm not going to go and hit the panic button. You know, things change week to week, as I always say. But I do have a ton of concerns. Okay. Last week on this podcast, I said I was a little nervous entering this game because of the Raiders' run defense, especially against, yeah. you know, the Patriots. Cam Newton Super and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And, Lord, did I have good reason to be. The Raiders got carved up. Bro, they gave up 250 rushing yards. They took away Cam, but they didn't take away everybody else. They forgot about everybody else. Yeah. I mean, it appeared early on, though, which I was like, all right, let's go. Defense appeared early on. Paul Gunther got a good game plan, you know, started off shutting down Cam Newton and company. And during, I think it was the first two possessions, dang near two three and outs. It was only not a three and out on their second possession because of Max Crosby getting a penalty um, on the punt. But anyway, so it started off well, right? But then their running back started to get going, and they did not make adjustments, J.J. Sony Michelle, Rex Burkett, Taylor had their way with the Raiders, right? It was really tough to watch. So that was my biggest concern, you know, coming out of the game on defense. Now on offense, and I'm going to let you talk in a second. I just want to get out my concerns real quick. I don't care if Darren Waller is getting double teamed. You have to find ways to get him involved. There's absolutely no excuse for him to only have four targets. And he had just two catches and they came in garbage time, mind you. Yes, the Raiders got outcoached. Yes, they're facing a Hall of Fame coach, one of the best to ever do it, if not the best to do it, in Bill Belichick. But there's still no excuses for why he didn't touch the dang ball. On Sunday. But what Bill Belichick did was absolutely phenomenal. I'm going to force Nelson Aguilar, Zay Jones, Brian Edwards to beat us, period. Mm -hmm. And if they beat us, kudos to the Raiders. You know what I mean? But I will not let, from what I've seen in the New Orleans Saints game, I will not let Darren Waller come out here and ruin this game. You know what I mean? And he took them away. He double teamed them. And Derek Carr did the right thing. If you come out and you pre-snap read, you see your tight end getting double, you're automatically going somewhere else. So one of those guys have to win. Mm-hmm. It's one-on-one for you. It's zone coverage for you. One of those guys have to win. It was a great game plan by Bill Belichick. I had Darren Waller on my fantasy team like we was talking before the show, and I did not play him. I took him out because I knew that Bill Belichick was going to make it an emphasis to take him away. And that is exactly what he did. So for Derek Carr, you don't ever want to force the ball to him. You know what I mean? Because that's how stupid stuff happens. You know what I mean? Now, could John Gruden have got some stuff done where, okay, let's motion him. Let's do some of this stuff. Try to get him the ball. But why? We're getting what we want. That's why we got big time players. If you double team one of our players, good luck trying to stop our other players one on one. That hey. That's how you draw it up. If I could get any of my players in one-on-one opportunities, I don't care how I got to get it done. But you let Bill Belichick control that side of the ball because of that. Like, you came into the game knowing John Gruden was like, they're going to take away Darren Waller. Cool. So he basically phased him out of his game plan and was looking for other guys to make plays. that's confidence in the other fellas. But you you didn't have confidence in your own ability to That's him having confidence in the other guys, though. Like, if you're going to come into a game and say, man, they're going to double-team Fallon. Cool. Fallon, you really not going to see that many opportunities today. James, you better go to work. Brian Edwards, you better go to work. It's going to be one-on-one coverage. Win your dang one-on-one matchups and force them to stop double-teaming Darren Waller. Because if you win your one-on-one matchups on the outside and you make plays on the outside, they ain't going to be able to double-team Darren Waller. Okay. 
But, but then DBs was out there, and they got the best of the wide receivers. They was Ding them up, even though that, that Darren Waller got double coverage. But you got to force them not to double-team Darren Waller. But Gruden, there's nothing he could do. If that's what you want to do coming into a game plan, the other guys have to win. And that's why I always talk about you can never have enough good players mm-hmm. for them reasons. Those okay. guys have to win when they get one-on-one coverage, period. And you know who was winning? Hunter Renfro. Oh, Renfro. Yeah, he, he got like 84 yards. They should have kept on having Hunter Renfro in that game. They had yeah. no answer for Hunter Renfro in the slot. Yeah. He was whooping them DBs in the slot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I would have did. Hey, get my route runner, Hunter Renfro, in the game, in the slot. He was winning on the choice routes, the corner. He was winning on everything he did. Keep feeding Hunter Renfro. I, every time they took him out, I'm looking at the TV like, what right. in the world are they doing? <laughs> like, he's the only dude right now winning his one-on-one matchups. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's in the slot. He's killing. I'm like, why are they taking him out? He's making plays. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But he was one of the guys that took on a challenge that was winning his one-on-one. I would have kept going to Hunter Renfro. Now, I'm not worried about the Raiders' offense. I'll be honest. I just wanted to bring it up because, one, I did have Darren Waller in my fantasy lineup, and I just expected him. I didn't expect him to do what he did the other week, which was what? He had like 12 catches for 105 yards. I expected maybe like five or six catches, maybe 50 yards or so. So I thought it would be a solid choice. You called me. Yeah, I guess I should have. Damn. (laughs) But, you know, if we keep it at 300, I literally thought that he would still be able to, you know, get his touches. Uh, Clearly, that wasn't the case. I underestimated the ability for (laughs) Bill Belichick uh, to shut down our offense, which in a way they did. I mean, the offense didn't move the ball. They couldn't find the dang end zone. That was a problem. But anyways, I'm not worried about the Raiders' offense, okay? But I will be if they continue to drop like flies because right now they're hurting that wide receiver at the offensive line. But But if the defense can't stop anybody, J.J., it's a moot point, right? So my biggest concern right now is the Raiders' defense. And what's alarming is our top two free agent signings, Malik Collins and Corey Littleton, are nowhere to be found. They have not made any big plays. Like the Raiders, I know they don't have Nick Kwiatkowski, you know, in the middle of the defense, which has hurt them for sure. But Corey Littleton was supposed to be the Raiders' prized free agent signing, right? He hasn't made a huge impact on this team. He hasn't made any big plays. What about Malik Collins? Right? We took a chance on him from the Cowboys. Yeah. And on Monday, John Gruden said he had a little pep talk with Malik. Um, and I'm glad that he did, right? Because he's been playing like straight ch- trash. He basically said that he's been, quote unquote, doing too much, right? Um, and he believes that he will play better going forward. And honestly, yeah. if they expect to win this season, the defense has to step up. Well, well first off, let's call a spade a spade, right? We knew that the Raiders' defense was going to struggle this year. You know what I'm saying? We we knew that they was going to struggle this year. Did we expect them to be better? Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But we knew that they are work in progress. You know what I'm saying? Some, some games they might come out and they might play extremely well. Some games they might come out and we be, might be looking like, dang, the Raiders' defense has a long way to go. You know what I'm saying? But let's not get it twisted. Hmm. They played super camp. This season, Super Cam has been gashing everybody. He gashed the Dolphins. 
he gashed the Seattle Seahawks. But we slew him. We slowed him down, though. I know, but what I'm saying is the reason why Sony Michelle and Rick Burkhead got going is because you have to show attention to Cam. Yeah. Cam will take off and run, so they had extra eyes on Cam Newton. So Sony Michelle and yeah. Rex Burkhead yeah. was able to get yeah. going, and yeah. that's what Cam Newton brings. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Just look at Cam Newton at the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, they couldn't stop Cam when he was healthy at the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. You know what I mean? whether it was Jonathan Stewart early in his career, whether it was Christian McCaffrey, they were getting what they wanted because it had to be extra eyes on Cam. Cam is a tough outing for any defense just because what he brings with his legs. You know what I mean? And they got after the Raiders, man. They had a good game plan. Like you said, the Raiders' defense started out well, went three and out, got got a turnover, got a pick from Cam. Uh, they was they was playing lights out early. Cam and them came out in the second half, settled down, made some adjustments, you know what I mean, and, and started gashing the Raiders. But Cam, Cam is a tough outing. But I expect this season to be like this for the Raiders' defense, mm. up and down, mm. up, up and down. I'm not saying that some games they're not going to play at a high level. They are. But I expect it to be like this up and down because they're still a work in progress. I, I still feel like feel like they're a couple pieces away from being that top-notch defense. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, as you mentioned, this defense was supposed to be faster, was supposed to be better on paper. We did make upgrades at some positions. We did plug some holes. But we are seeing more of the same. So, get this, Raider Nation. Brace yourself, okay? (laughs) This is how our defense stacks up with the rest of the league through the first three weeks of the season. Let me unplug my headphones. (laughs) Now you got to listen to it. (laughs) All right, so they rank 25th, right, in scoring defense and 28th in yards allowed per play. And when it comes to their run defense, it's worse, as expected, right? They rank 30th in rushing yards allowed per attempt, and they have the second most missed tackles in the league, Mm. right? And so obviously this is no surprise. Uh, It's a little skewed as far as the um, stats go when you give up 250 yards in one game, you know, 250 yards on the ground in one game through just three weeks. So when you take the average, yeah, of course. But what I'm surprised about, J.J. won, the Raiders are actually pretty good at stopping the run last season. Yeah. And they actually made some, you know, upgrades on defense up front. So I'm really confused why we aren't seeing these free agent signings step up. Now, with that said, I saw a lot of arm tackling. We mentioned that the first two weeks. That's not going to get the job done. Jonathan Abram had some plays where he would like to get back. I know he didn't want to see that film. He took some bad angles, you know, going for the big hit instead of just the play, right? And that cost the Raiders. Overall, the Raiders, they're just getting molly-whopped at the line of scrimmage. And I watched the All-22 film yesterday, and J.J. was not pretty. I like, I actually didn't watch all of it. I had to just stop. I'm like, yeah, okay, we got some issues. We got some major, major issues on defense. Now, am I freaking out too early? I know people are trying to already call for Paul Gunther's job after just three <laughs> weeks, when, by the way, Raiders, we're 2-1. and 2-1, one. and one, no, Raider Nation. Yeah, but it's not after just three weeks. Yeah. They, they, they're looking at last season as well when it comes to Paul Gunther. They're looking at last season. But, yes, I don't think it's any time to hit the panic button. You're 2-1. and one. It was your first loss of the season, all right? 
or it happens, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's all good. But should I be freaking out with what's going on on defense? Should I be freaking out? We should be freaking out because it looks like it's the same old story for the defense. You know what I mean? Yes. But the only thing I wouldn't freak out about yet because it's early hmm. and I feel like our tackling is going to get better. Okay. And I feel like a lot of them chunk plays that they got, a lot of missed tackles. Jonathan Abram came down in the hole on a free blitz one time and missed the tackle. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Could have been a tackle for loss. Next day, you know, it's a 10-yard pop run. You know what I mean? So I know that our tackling is going to get better. Listen, it wasn't no preseason. You know what I mean? This is the third game of the season. So everybody's still kind of, you know, getting their stuff going and all that. So the tackling will get better. Once the tackling gets better, I feel like that's going to definitely help our run game. You know what I mean? Because we got safeties that can tackle in the box and do all that type stuff. So I think once the tackling gets better, it'll help out. But like I said before, I feel like this is going to be the talk all season long. Ugh. I feel like our defense is just going to be one of those defense who is going to come out one game and we're going to be looking like, dang, this is the defense that needs to show up every week. Yeah. And then it's gonna, they're just going to be an up and down, up and down defense. You know, I feel like they just need a couple more pieces on the defensive side of the ball to be that elite defense. So that's going to happen. But once our tackling gets better, I think our defense will play better, you know what I mean, and, and have a better shot at stopping some people, and the run defense will get better. But no time to hit the panic button just yet. See, you know why I'm hitting the panic button? Because our defense is going to be a little more the same throughout the season. And, yes, as you mentioned, hopefully they will get better at tackling. But we are going to see them give up a lot of yards. We are going to see them give up a lot of points. This is why I'm nervous, because our wide receivers are dropping like flies and our offensive line isn't healthy right now. Like, I would be okay if our offense was healthy and we had all these weapons. But right now, I'm nervous. That's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. But, I mean, hey, listen, I don't think it's anything really serious to the offensive line, so hopefully these guys can get healthy quick. And once that gets healthy, hopefully we can run this ball, play action pass like we did Drew Brees, Mm -hmm. seven possessions, keep those big-time offenses off the field to help our D. All right, uh, one thing before we get to break. Shalik Calhoun, the man who forced two fumbles during the game, does that name sound familiar, James? At all. No. Come on, you're supposed to be a Raider. He's a former Raider, third-round pick in 2016. So he showed out against his former team, and he's oh, the no. one that had the two forced fumbles during the game. Oh, I did not know that, mm-hmm. man. And well. now the first fumble, uh, Josh Jacobs, the Raiders recovered. So that was bullcrap that they gave yeah. it to the Patriots. That was some trash. Luckily, Jonathan Abram picked off Cameron on the ensuing possession, so that was great. But that one in the end zone on uh, Derek Carr, that was Shalik Calhoun. Yeah. When he got, I believe he got cut, not traded. I believe he got cut by the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm tripping. But, I, of course, it's Bill Belichick that makes a guy who the Raiders thought was a bad draft pick a great player. Damn. Absolutely, man. There's a lot of them on that team right there. Damn, 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 damn. Anyways, <laughs> all right, it's time to take a quick break. When we come back, we will go over our bold predictions from week three and look ahead to the Raiders' week four matchup against Josh Allen and the Bills. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, Blue Wire listeners. You've counted on restaurants, and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right to your door. 
Ordering is easy. All you have to do is open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside of your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Now many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery as well, so show them some love. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE, all one word. Don't forget, that's promo code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Well, thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But it's all good. Instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, y'all. The League of Football Watchers. And this football season will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the game. Now, I know some of you may like to watch the game with a nice cold beer in your hand. But when I'm watching the silver and black, I got to be locked and loaded, clear-headed. And I'm grabbing myself a nice cold Pepsi. You know what I'm saying? Nothing beats a Pepsi on game day. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't just made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, we are back. All right, JJ, let's go over our bold predictions from last week. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think none of us hit these. (laughs) Actually, you know what? Let's just go over them, okay? We were kind of in the ballpark on some of them, but not really on any of them. Okay, let's just go over them. So, all right. So I said Brian Edwards will have five catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. He was on pace, damn it. He had two (laughs) catches for 48 yards, and then he got freaking injured. I was like, because I really, when he was getting going early on, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, it's about to be a big game for him. Whoop, whoop, 89, let's do this. And then he got injured. And when he went down awkwardly, I was like, oh, he's injured. Like, I knew right away. I'm like, oh, no. It was was a nasty fall. Yeah, I I was like, he's done. He's done. And so I was like, damn, there goes my bold prediction. Anyway, uh, number two, Max Crosby will get an interception off a blocked pass. Um that didn't happen. Didn't happen. He did have two sacks, though. He did have two yeah, sacks. Yeah, he played played well. He got, got after Cam. I seen that. Two mm. sacks. Take that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, I said Raiders will win 38 to 35. <laughs> Way off. 36 yeah. to 20. Okay. Now, you, do you remember what you said? You want me to refresh your memory? Yep. All right. So, you said Derek Carr will have back-to-back three touchdown games and 300-plus yeah. yards. Well, didn't no, it didn't happen. <clears throat> He was 24 of 32 for 261 yards and two touchdowns. Eh, not too far off, but not uh, too yeah, close. Close, close, close. Uh, two, you said Nelson Aguilar would yeah, have seven happen. receptions for 100-plus yards and two touchdowns. Now, he was getting involved early on, too. So I was like, okay, JJ might be onto something. Nah, two catches, 32 yards. That ain't happen. You were kind of close in a way on the final score. Mm. Las Vegas Raiders, 28. Patriots 35. 
So Ooh. you said it was going to be 35 to 28. You yeah. were right on with the winner, close with yeah. the pa- Patriot score, but no, it was 36 to 20. Yeah. So I think we both kind of did blah, okay, okay. Yeah, did all right. Did all right. <laughs> we did all right. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully one of these weeks we're going to be spot on. That would be awesome. If we were in Vegas right now, we would. I would say be in the hole right now. Yeah, <laughs> in the negative. All my money right now. Be in the negative. But uh, next up, Raiders back at home, thank goodness, in Las Vegas to host Josh Allen and the Red Hot Bills, who are 3-0 right now. Now they're coming off a huge win against the Rams. Yeah. When I saw the score of that game, I'm like, oh, okay, this game's over. And then I saw the fourth quarter score. I said, oh, man, this game maybe isn't over, and the Bills about to lose. And then the Bills came back and won. So yeah. the Buffalo, they rallied to beat the Rams. What was the final score? 35-32 to 32 after blowing a 25-point lead. Crazy. But Josh Allen brought him back. JJ, Josh Allen is the truth. I ain't even going to lie. I didn't even think yeah. I was going to say that ever. When he got drafted, but he's been playing lights out. I mean, he's, he was yeah. twenty four of thirty three, three hundred eleven yards. He had four touchdowns. Yeah, he did have an yeah. interception. So yeah, he's he's looking he's looking a little bit like Russell Wilson slash Cam Newton back there. Man. No, for real, for real, and that's yeah. that's crazy to say. And I'm sad that I'm saying this. Yeah. But he's definitely in the MVP conversation right now. And the, 100, 100%. And the Raiders have a tall task ahead of them because not only do you have Josh Allen, they're wide receivers with Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, and then their tight end, Tyler Croft. But let's let's slow down, though, because all them guys you just named right now. What? That's not the focus going into this game. What's the focus? Stopping Josh Allen? The focus is stopping Devin Singletary. Oh, I was about and, to say that, but you told Josh, me to stop. And Josh Allen in yes. this run game. Yes, exactly. Because you want to think the Rams got a good run defense and all that with Aaron Donald and mm-hmm. the boys up there. And they were getting 20 yards a pop yes, on them yes. running this football. So if our run defense comes out and played like they played against the, the uh, New England Patriots, it is going to be a long, 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 <laughs> long, long day for the Raiders. Man. So we have to stop that run game because when they got the run game going with Josh Allen and Devin Singletary, they got – to get to any and every play they wanted in their playbook, man, and the play-action pass started clicking. So we got to make them one-dimensional, man. To me, Josh Allen is kind of like LeBron. Listen, he has an improved jump shot, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to keep shooting on me. Mm-hmm. Facts on <laughs> Because fact. I know what you can do when you go to the hole. All right, it's a dunk or a layup. We yep. know that. Yep. You're going to have to keep <laughs> shooting on me. Josh, we know you can run. We know you can make plays on the legs. That's what we know you, we know you can do. You are going to have to show us that you could throw for 300 yards consistently because mm-hmm. we ain't just going to let you use your legs and make these plays. You know, I know you like to like interrupt me, and that's all good. I appreciate you. This is just a conversation <laughs> we are having. But that was my point. I was getting to that. I was just naming out the wide receivers, and then I was like, but then you have to look out for it. Yes. Devin Singletary, because yes. not only does he make plays on the ground, but he's also a threat in the passing game. Oh. And last game, let me look. I'm just pulling up their box score now. He had four catches for 50 yards, right? Yeah. Average 12 and a half yards per catch. Yeah. What, what do you have on the ground? Let me see. 71 yards on 13 carries. And then he popped a 17-yard run. Uh, point to the story is, yes, that was that was my point to the story that I was getting to. Not only do you have to stop Josh Allen, and they do have some weapons at wide receiver, but their biggest weapon is Devin Singletary. 
Yeah. That that was the point I was getting to. So thank you very much for making my point for me and interrupting me so you can make the point for me. That's fine. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a team podcast. You know what I mean? But the Raiders, they got to get that done, man. You have to stop the run. Or it's going to be a long day in Las Vegas. Guess who is going to be facing his former team? Think, think, think. Think, uh, think, think. Raiders. No, Raiders offense. Uh-huh. Who is on the Raiders offense? Now I'm going to make it even more clear. Oh, Receiving Zay Jones? Exactly. So we, have, so we have Zay facing his former yeah. team, right? So I think he's going to have a big game, especially with all uh-huh. the injuries on the receiving to the Raiders receiving core. Yeah. I also believe, though, oh, yeah, you know what? I did read this, I think, the other day, that Zay has not dropped a single target. Oh, yeah, Zay got glove. So every time he's been targeted, now it hasn't been many, but every time, yeah. time he's been targeted, he's made the catch. So hopefully he can step up this weekend because I think the Raiders are definitely going to need him on offense. Now on defense, run defense. This is all going to be on you. So, let's not have a repeat of week three. Let's get to our bowl predictions, JJ. All right, my bowl predictions. I'll start first since you always go first. I'll start first. Yep, go. My bowl predictions for this week. I'm going back to the well. Okay. Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> you hated on me for going back week to week, but Nelson go ahead. Nelson Aguilar. I'm going back. I'm seven receptions okay. for 120 plus yards. Whoa. Nelson Aguilar. Is he going to have All a touchdown? Right. Is he going to score? Yes, I'm absolutely, absolutely. Seven catches, 120 yards, and a ting ting. Okay. One touchdown. Okay. 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 Then. Okay. Then I am going to say, I am going to say, Josh Jacobs has 200 plus scrimmage yards. 200 plus scrimmage yards and two touchdowns for Josh Jacobs. All right? That, that's, that's it. Raiders. Hold on, two touchdowns, 200 plus scrimmage yards and two touchdowns? Yes. Okay. Raiders win. At home, Raiders win 35 to 24. 24. Oh, okay. Nice. I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm a fan yeah, of the fan. Buffalo Bills is coming off an emotional win, coming yeah. back. I think they come to Las Vegas and the Raiders walk. Yeah. You know what I actually didn't realize or mention? I guess there's no excuses, but the Raiders were playing on a short week and had to go to the East Coast this past game. So I'm trying to chalk that Stop up. I'm trying, I'm trying to chalk that up. Shut up. Right. Hold on. I'm trying to like <laughs> convince myself that they're going to win this weekend. So shut up. I'm just trying to think of all the ways that the game wouldn't have been as bad if maybe they had an extra day and then have to travel. Anyways, yes, no excuses. All right. My bold predictions. Shut up. All right. So I'm talking about Zay Jones facing his former team. So I got to throw Zay Jones in there. I'm going to say Zay Jones, he's going to have 60 yards and two touchdowns. Now, I know 60 yards isn't a lot, but two touchdowns scoring against his two former team. Two tinks. Two tink tinks is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So I'm going to say that 60 yards, two touchdowns. I'm going to say that Jonathan Abram, because I know he was looking at the film this week and seeing the bad angles he was taking and the missed tackles he had, and was like, there's no way I could do this again. He had an interception last game, but now I think he's going to get a pick six. He's going to take it back to the house. So one pick six, and how many tackles? Ooh, how many tackles? Yeah, you got to put some tackles on. Oh, you can't just say Bulfer's addiction, pick six. <sighs> okay. I'm need a- some tackles on there. 11 tackles. 
Oh, double digit tacos. Double digit tacos. It's okay. bold, bold prediction. So. There you go. So, you now, you're, now you're getting bold. Fine. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Fine. I love the tackles. Uh, all right. All right. Double digit tackles for, for Jonathan Abram. All right. Um, Raiders are back home. We saw what they did against the Saints at home. So, shoot, I'm going for it. But this is going to be a crazy score. I'm about to give a crazy ass score. <laughs> okay. Raiders win 41. 41. Okay. To 38. 41 38. Dang. Gosh, Lisa. <laughs> you know what? It just let me know, man, that you have so much confidence in our defense. <laughs> <laughs> 41 38. You said that they were going to hold them to 24 points, and I think you're on crack for that. I think that's not happening. I think 24 points. The Raiders going to have to score 41 points to beat this team at home. Dang, 41 38. Okay. And you know what? Honestly, 41 is probably not going to happen. However, um, I would have been more confident saying 41 if we had Rugs or Edwards. So, ah, but anyways, I'm still sticking with it. Yeah, 41. You can't change it now. I'm not, 41, I'm not, 38. I'm not but 41, 38. <laughs> Full strength, I'd be like, hell yeah, for sure, they're going to put up 41. You know, because they put up, what, 35 ba- or 34 points back-to-back weeks until last week. So, um, but then now we're injured. So, anyway, but that's cool. I'm going to go back. They're they going to be red hot. They're at home. They're going to be black hot. I don't want to say red hot. Black hot. <laughs> Silver and black hot, and they're at home, and they're going to win. So we shall see, JJ. I like it. All right. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you haven't done so already, I say this every week. Y'all, I know some of y'all have not. So if you haven't done so already, please rate us and write a review. We would really appreciate it. Till next time, for James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace. Oh yeah, the wait is finally over. Football is back. Now you may not be able to be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.